Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 34 with my great brand architect guest that is a former architect turned into branding. Muhammad Faraz is helping SMEs, emerging tech, and startup brands spaces in the hearts and minds of their dream customers through brand strategy and brand identity based on architectural frameworks. Muhammad, I'm loving your description and I'm not going to tell our audience too much about you because you'll be doing the main talking. I also wanted to add that Muhammad is very creative. He is creative by passion. He is fascinated by the things that we can achieve as humans through our creative thinking. And our episode today is called Think Out of the Box because Muhammad is going to teach us how to do this. Welcome, Muhammad. It's such a pleasure and a privilege to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be invited and hosted by you. Muhammad, can you please share with us your story? How did you get to be an architect? Then what led you to go into this fascinating world of branding? Yeah, so, you know, uh, you know I'm trying to remember a lot of things from my, from my childhood. I've been a creative person since I was a kid. There's a lot of things that, you know, I really uh, sought creative problem solving. Although I didn't realize that that was a thing that was really, you know, something that people did in order to, you know, make a living. And, you know, there were times in my life that I used to spend time drawing and sketching and whatnot. So there was there was this time in my high school that I used I, I had this whole uh, fascination for drawing buildings and, you know, uh, structures and whatnot. And then I thought maybe that's a that's a career path I want to pursue and explore. And it was not easy to convince my parents because it was something not really common in my society that I came from. I'm originally from India and, you know, uh, in the subcontinent, it's not very common that people go for architecture or creativity as a career. Usually, you know, they have this expectation that, you know, the only path to success in your life is becoming a doctor or an engineer or, you know, become a businessman or different other things, but not creativity. You know, they see they saw creativity as something that is very low and whatnot. And, you know, they didn't even know that it was, it was, it's a, it's a career path. So they never taught that in the education system. Um, but when I discovered architecture, I really wanted to pursue it because it was something that, you know, people did really, you know, uh, be architects uh, as a career. And, so that's why I pursued architecture. And at one point in my in my studies, I realized that a lot of the things that they made me do in my in my degree, I actually aligned a lot with creativity and you know graphic design and whatnot. And uh, there was this there was this time in my life that uh, I I met one of my mentors, uh, more of like a life mentor. You know, he's been uh, he's been. Uh, had a lot of influence uh, in, in what I what I do in my life, what I've chosen in terms of my career and so on. So he gave an advice that I've never forgotten ever since I have heard that. And that is, um, 
you know, we were having a sitting and then one of my friends asked him a question that, you know, we want to earn money and whatnot, but, you know, you really have to wait until we graduate. You know, there's a lot of time to uh, time for that. And he said, who told you that you cannot, you can earn money uh, only after you graduate? You know, he said, he's like, it's good that you guys study these different things. You become an architect or, you know, you, you become an engineer and get these skills, but it's not necessary that God has put your provision in all of those things. And that was the aha moment that I had for me to decide that, okay, I have had this hobby for a long time in graphic designing. And I've been doing that uh, on and off, kind of earned some money through it, but I still didn't realize that it was a career path I could pursue. And that's why it was my turning point. And I was like, okay, this is something that I want to try out. I put together my portfolio, applied for my first job, and I got accepted at the first interview. And that was a boost I needed. There was nothing else I needed, right? And uh, But when I did accept that job, I did, you know, start asking myself questions like, what am I doing? Is this really something that I can succeed in life? Because I had this huge imposter syndrome that, you know, I've, I've been told that there's only one way, uh, a certain path to, you know, succeeding in your career and whatnot. Now I just discovered something new and, you know, I wanted some to relate to others. So this is where, you know, a lot of stories and listening to other people's stories who, who did something similar really helped me build up that confidence to, you know, move forward. Um, branding came at a certain different stage of that, but I won't keep rambling here. So, you know, we can, we can keep continuing uh, if you have any questions on what I just mentioned. Muhammad, thank you for sharing this story with us. Honestly, I don't mind. I could listen to you tell your stories for a long time because it's a lot of passion and um, a lot of dedication that I feel coming from you. And this is so inspiring. I can completely relate to your story. I um, was fortunate enough to be doing um, languages and translations since um, very young. My parents um, had to support me because um, I was very ambitious and very dedicated to pursue this path. But at one point, I felt it was time to change. So changing your path when you originally thought that you'd be doing this for a long time, because indeed society maybe tells you this, that you don't need to change your path too often. It may get a bit confusing and it's sometimes fearful in my case. I, I know that I was very afraid. Can you please share with us, Muhammad, how was the shifting of your mindset from being an employee to an entrepreneur? How was this change for you? Hmm. So this reminds me of a book that I read long back. And I think it was around that time itself where, uh, you know, I really was changing a lot of things in my life. And, you know, I bought this book and the book in a summary was talking about taking risk in life, you know, have, having to change things in life. And a lot of times we as humans, we tend to get comfortable in our comfort zone when we are there for too long, just like you mentioned, where society says just stick to what you have and society kind of wants you to be in that comfort zone. And the book said that if you want to exponentially grow and if you want to go to the next level, then you need to take the risk. And the risk comes with a cost, obviously. You have to go through a little bit of time where there's difficulty and whatnot, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. 
and you know uh that's where uh, i, I want to get back to your question uh what was it again um so basically my, how i moved from employee to an entrepreneur right and this is where uh you know i i, I just work one job you know after that i never was uh, an employee for somebody else uh that was that was the first and the last job that I wanted to work in uh, i worked there for almost a year and it was an interesting experience for me because i i i did have a boss and it was an interesting thing where you know he was a really nice person to me but then he used to fire a lot of people <laughs> so i kind of saw that oh man you know i, I want to see people get opportunities and what not and uh i kind of did not see that working out with me that greatly but i did learn a lot from that first job i had so towards the end of my job one of my friend came to me and he said hey you're doing some amazing stuff why not just join hands and you know start an agency together and then that's where you know we we got like three people together who had different expertise uh and we started our first agency which was a, a digital marketing agency which was an agency that i ran before out of the box and that was something that i did for about 2 and 2 to 2 and a half years and that's where the, you know the the whole mindset changed from being an employee to an entrepreneur where you know he 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 put that in me that you know there is this thing that when you are an entrepreneur you are in control and you can change something in the society and you have you know that 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 thing that you can choose what you want to the message that you want to give out to the society right and um there's nothing wrong with uh, being an employee but sometimes you know certain jobs kind of make you feel like you're uh you're helping someone else live their dream and you don't have your own dream you know so that's where you know that that whole shift came into my life and i really really love being you know an entrepreneur that times you struggle and what not they you know each has its own struggle right uh a lot of times people say you know being an employee has a lot of perks you have security and you know there's job security and what not but i'm someone who loves adventure and i i i've been like that like that even before i started working out in high school i still remember telling my friend that and i want to do some job that i can have adventure and i don't want to do the same thing on and on i want to talk to different people i want to travel and what not and i think entrepreneurship allows you to do that at one point Definitely Muhammad. I am enjoying the fact that you said about taking risks. We humans are very interesting. We have this paradigm mindset. We both want to be safe, but then we need to evolve. We need to grow so taking risks sooner or later and I definitely would advise people to do this sooner because the more you wait for your life to happen, the more difficult it gets because you get very caught up in the stress of life a life that it's definitely not yours if you're not happy and indeed thank you for saying this being employed is not a problem if you are happy with being employed but since you needed to do something else you had a different call definitely pursue your authentic self and follow your dreams because if you won't do it who else will do it and you got to be a branding architect 
which means that you get to have all your creativity put to work. Can you please tell us what is your take on this concept of branding? And would you say that this word needs to be rebranded? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. I really love that question. And I just, you know, quickly delve into, you know, how I discovered branding. And this is where, when I was running my first agency, um, you know, our focus was a lot more on, you know, graphic design and solutions related to that. And uh, when I stumbled upon branding is where I got to know my mentor, Christo, and, uh, you know, a couple of other mentors I studied with. And from Christo, I got to know Marty Neumeyer, one of the well-known individuals in the branding industry who revolutionized in his time, the whole industry with, you know, kind of unifying everyone into uh, uh, following a certain uh, idea about branding. And that's where, you know, it, it really triggered into me and it overlapped with what I had with architecture. But that we can discuss a bit further later. Uh, well, you know, digging into your question itself, the whole aspect of branding for me, um, you know, looking back from an architecture perspective is it's about planning spaces. You know, you're trying to leave an impact in people's life and that impact changes from one person to the other. You know, uh, you interact with the same brand. Maybe, you know, you might go and have a meal at McDonald's. I might have a meal at McDonald's we may have two different experiences, you know, and do two different things based on what, you know, whoever is there interacting with us in terms of their employee, you know, in terms of what, whatever they put out. Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, in branding, we are trying to leave that reputation in the hearts and minds of people. And in, in simple terms, branding is managing reputation, right? Manning, managing your reputation in people's hearts and minds. And I take it further uh, from my uh, background in architecture is that in architecture, we're really planning spaces for people to thrive in, for people to experience, and it becomes part of their identity, the people who use that space. You know, like, like you're in your own room, you tend to put things that, you know, make your identity and you plan your space according to that. You know, uh, and, and when you visit a certain place, that also kind of becomes part of your identity because it's these are experiences that you go through. Likewise, in branding, what you're really doing is you're planning spaces too, but not physical spaces, but emotional spaces in people's hearts and minds. And these emotional spaces, it depends on what you put in that space through the experiences you provide as a brand. And people will have that meaning in them based on that. You know, it could have a bad meaning. It could have a good meaning. That's why we as humans, we tend to say that, you know, someone did something great for us, some, some kind of help or a favor. They say, you touched my heart. You know, you really, uh, you, you have a spot in my heart. You know, you have a space in my heart. So that's where, you know, I had this whole idea that it's really about spaces, you know. And the more space you can occupy, the more impactful the brand is, the more memorable it is, the more long-lasting it is. And coming to your question where you mentioned, would you rebrand the word branding? And I love that question so much because it's challenging something that is already there. And I like challenges, you know, I like to really challenge something that's there and see how we can maybe uh, 
look at some new ways to explore it because sometimes like you mentioned people get used to one thing and they're comfortable with it and they want to take any risk and move forward and this is because uh, you know the word brand or branding is a buzzword that a lot of people have been using and different meanings are thrown around and what not but i kind of like love history for a reason you know uh and and when i ask you roxana i wanted to ask you a question here as well when i say the word brand what's the first th- first thing that comes to your mind oh my goodness it's uh, loyalty i have this brand loyalty uh thing what does it sound okay yeah that's fine that's fine uh, you you have loyalty in, in your mind that's that's an interesting one because i've never heard loyalty from someone um but uh, often times when i ask people this question they say the first thing that they get in their mind is starts with l but not loyalty it's logo <laughs> that i oh a brand is a logo you know that's what 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 people think but if i ask you another question let's go back 300 years let's go back 400 600 years if you use the word brand in the context of the people back then what comes to your mind it would be credibility okay okay interesting you, you mentioned credibility from from uh what i know is that you know a lot of times people say that it's brand you brand something with you know uh hot stuff you brand like an, an animal or a product or what not to show kind of ownership or you it kind of belongs to somebody and uh it was kind of like an uh, you know uh, wrong means of using it but a lot of times people kind of have this misconception that a brand is a logo or a mark just because history kind of has this kind of thing in it but i kind of see that you already have a good idea about what brand is and, you know they don't really need a, a lot of clarification on that but often when we speak to people like oh man we have to explain it again brand is you know not a logo it's not colors it's not this 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 you know it it's really about reputation so but then you know looking back into the history of branding we see that it's an emotion it's a mark right and honestly today also it is a mark but it's not a physical mark rather it's an emotional mark going back to what i mentioned earlier right it's an emotional mark that you that you leave in people and that mark remains with them for a long time if you know you really give them a really good experience or you know a uh, really satisfy their need and so on so that's that's what i would say you know if i would want to rebrand the word branding i would really go with something that is uh, more emotional and 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 you know uh, more clear in that in that sense because that that way people don't you know mix it with logo let's say in in an hour times <laughs> this is funny muhammad because if you would have asked me what is a brand 5 years ago maybe 6 years ago i would say <clears throat> it's color <laughs> i would have this very uh, different perspectives because when you don't get to be very into reading a bit about business or what it takes to build something that's your own where you put your own mark as you say your own signature 
things may be very creative and not in the most supportive way for the person if they're not digging a bit more into this. I appreciate you mentioning this, the emotional spaces and the emotional mark. You are the first person that I hear saying about this and I have been reading and being in contact with so many people in this field and this is giving me a whole new approach to branding as well and I know it's very inspiring for our friends listening and watching us so thank you for this. I wanted to ask you Muhammad what would you say that is the first step in creating a successful brand nowadays because let's face it we all need branding even though we may not be with our business yet even though we are employed what would be that very first step or skill that you would suggest that we focus on um you're you're asking this question from the perspective of the uh, the company right company or personal brand who wants to build their own personal brand yep so the steps I would say is one of the first things that we lack in our time is a confidence in your own identity and where you come from and your, your own story. Because a lot of times people are so fascinated by stories of others and they focus so much on stories of others and others being successful and whatnot. And that is good. It's good to look up to somebody. It's good to look at uh, look at let's say steve jobs and say that how successful he was and whatnot but there comes a time where people are like hey man he was so successful i don't think i can reach that success and the problem with that mindset is that you know uh the, now you're kind of like saying that steve jobs was not human he was something else and that's why he achieved what he achieved and in reality, both of us are human. So when, when we look at brands as humans and we try to humanize it, and when, when you humanize it, a human has a story, just like I mentioned, it has an identity. And when people have clarity in terms of their purpose, in terms of their vision, in terms of whatever they want to do in life, in terms of their mission, you know, the values that they have, how much they stick to their values, uh, instead of just pleasing people, that's where your brand could be really successful. I had a talk a couple of days back and we were challenging, like I mentioned, I love challenging stuff. The whole uh, thing in the industry, not just in branding, but different industries, we're talking about this whole thing that customers own the market. Customers are always right. Customers are this, customers are that. And I don't, I don't have any issues with the discussion because yes, definitely you want to put out things that are relevant to people, you know, but at the same time, we should not compromise on our values. Whereas brands that are leaders tend to lead and not just please people based on what they want. Rather, they focus on what they need because people at the end of the day would, would be pleased by anything you give, give them as long as it can please them. Um, and this is where I go back to this reference, and I really love this reference, is where when Henry, Henry Ford mentioned this, that if you were to have had asked people what they wanted, they would have said, we wanted faster horses. And he was a pioneer in making cars in his time. And, you know, if, if you look from that perspective, uh, 
I dig deeper and I see that, okay, what if we ask the people what, uh, you know, what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, but why did they want faster horses? That's the real question. They needed faster horses because they, they wanted to travel faster. And then now you take that thing that, okay, the person wants to travel faster. What are the different ways I can solve that problem other than horses? That's where you think out of the box and not within the box. And uh, you know, that's the topic that you wanted to uh, you, you push, push in the beginning, right? You know, how to think out of the box. That's where you really don't take surface ideas and then go along with it, but you dig deeper and try to understand, you know, the, the reasoning behind it, right? And that goes for us as well as individuals or brands that we want to build. We want to dig deeper. We want to understand why we are doing a, you know, a certain thing, why we are offering certain services or products in the, com uh, in the community. What that product means to you also would impart that emotional connection to people and what it means to them at the end of the day. Wow. This is making so much sense. And I'm writing here all sorts of great things, Muhammad. This is really inspiring. Thank you so much. Because, you know, as much as one studies about branding, it kind of all clicks together when you hear it said from a different perspective, like you are mentioning it now. This is awesome. I'm loving the Henry Ford quote. People want faster horses. But why do they really want this? This is awesome. Thank you so much for mentioning this. Now, uh, okay, one question I would ask, you know, uh, if you don't mind me going a uh, bit deeper on that. Um, what if you ask what people wanted today? Uh, uh, what would they say in terms of traveling faster? Oh, this is a good question because I love traveling. And let me put this on my uh, own uh, need. When I think of traveling faster, I would want comfort. Okay, you want comfort. Okay, uh, but that's more focused on the comfort I, uh, aspect, right? But w what would have they asked for like as a, as a solution in terms of, you know, uh, we have airplanes, cars, trains and whatnot. What would people say today if they wanted to tra travel faster? It would be this... Um... How do you call that science of moving yourself from uh, one space to another without actually being moved? That, um, oh my goodness, it's on Teleportation. My... That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been hearing people mentioning this teleportation. I honestly am, am very interested in this as well. I think this is, in my mind, this would be the next step because we have planes we have private planes things are moving super fast now but yeah i, I think it would be teleportation yeah definitely what yeah so what do you think? teleportation is an instant right and i think perhaps humanity might reach that point where we could perhaps teleport you know from one space to the other and there might be a whole science behind it but it's very interesting because I, I didn't expect you, you would mention teleportation, but that's amazing that you mentioned teleportation, you know. Uh, there is a chance that people would also mention that they, they would want faster airplanes because that's the fastest way they travel today. Um, but, you know, uh, to be honest, uh, Elon Musk is one of the, like he's the Henry Ford of our time, bringing in a lot of innovation. And he proposed this whole idea that 
you could he he would build he's he already built it but sometime in i think five five six years he's gonna make it suitable for you know traveling for people is where he uses reusable rockets to travel anywhere on the globe in less than an hour and i think that's one step closer to teleportation i would say so uh you know if people uh, uh, they really wanted then the, the real solution is that okay people never use rockets for traveling you know that was there the whole time but people never thought of it but he thought of it and that's why he's, he's revolutionizing that and people want to be part of it because his story is also something that people can resonate so much with wow this is great stuff now you're giving me food for thought for the <laughs> next days definitely thank you for mentioning this muhammad and talking about your journey you say that you like challenges what would you say that your relationship with fear has transformed through the years and how is it now so uh it's an uh, interesting thing for me uh especially looking at my personal story and how things have been different for me uh i've been a very different kind of kid as i grew up and the society saw it as strange already and you know uh and i had to face a lot of you know kind of criticism where like you know you're still a kid you don't have to start uh behaving like an adult and i like you should be happy that i'm actually mature for my age you know <laughs> So I was 14 years old and I I had this whole different perspective of life and what I wanted to do and already had a lot of clarity on what my values are and I would say since 14 until now my values have improved and grown but you know it it doesn't really change that much so um you know over or during those those times there were times that I faced a lot of difficulties and i saw that people around me you know my 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 friends and what not whenever they faced these difficulties they kind of broke down and they didn't know what to do in life and they had this whole thing that you know they had to figure things out and i don't blame them for that i kind of see that the system was created to show people that there's only one way to succeed like i mentioned and um when i faced difficulties i saw this whole thing an opportunity looking at some of the people that i looked up to as well when difficulties hit i didn't fear what was there because all, always fear is attributed to something that you don't know and what about what's coming in the future rather i had the first thing that comes to my mind whenever difficulties hit is i think this is for the best because whatever i think i'm fearing right now uh, is actually better for me and uh, uh, you know basically uh you know i'm a spiritual person so i believe that you know god has always a better path planned for you and that's why there are obstacles put in your life so that you pursue that path instead of what you think is really good for you you know so uh, i love this statement um often as well sometimes there are things that are bad for you uh but you really like it you know you want to pursue it but it's really bad for you and sometimes there are things that you like but it's actually uh you dislike but it's actually good for you and it's always depending on the person of how wise they can be in a particular time and that's that's where you know it 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 will help them pursue through those fears that they have in life so that would be the whole way that i've been tackling fear in my life that's awesome and 
you seem to be both very creative, but at the same time, extremely rational. You know who you are. You have this idea, very clear idea since you were 14 years old, which my goodness, most of us in our 20s don't even know where to start. And I was like that too. It was, I think, in my late 20s that I got to have a clear vision of how I want my life to be. It's awesome that you started from an early age. And I wanted to ask you, Muhammad, what would you say that truly drives you? I know that you are very creative, but would you say that there is anything from the outside that pushes you? Or is it all your inside motivation of wanting to be more, to do more? Yeah, so uh, I, I think that's amazing, you know, in terms of the question. I mean, I've been asking a lot of amazing questions. So, um, you know, what, what drives me, what, what does drive me? One of the things that I would say is uh, a driving force for everything that I do in life is my spirituality and belief in God. And for me, a lot of times it's about trying to please God and, uh, and, and, and coming from the religion that I'm from, uh, Islam, there are, there are teachings where you, know, you, you need to try to achieve perfection. Obviously, perfection is not achievable. It's a, you know, it's a really high goal, but it really drives me to uh, achieve perfection is where you try to, let's say, aim for the, uh, aim for this, uh, aim for more for the moon than you, you know, reach the sky or, you know, you try to aim for, you know, something higher than you reach, you know, a level closer to that, you know, you might not reach that particular goal that you had in life, but you, you really reach a higher position that you, you could still be proud of. So that's where, you know, that's something that drives me throughout whatever I do in terms of branding, in terms of my personal relationships with people. You know, um, uh, I, it, all of this has improved my relationship with people in terms of uh, my personal, uh, you know, my, uh, me, myself as a person and so on. So different things that we have in life and whatnot. I think if it can unify towards one goal, uh, it would really help you know, put them together. And I like, I like this idea from my mentor, Christo. Um, he talks about, you know, in, in our times, we have this question about how do we balance uh, work and life? And he said, it's not about balancing work and life, but it's actually work-life work integration. How can you integrate them together, right? And this is where I would say, how can you integrate different aspects of your life, not just work and life, but you know your uh, many other things that you have in life, career-wise, uh, passion-wise, and whatnot. If you can integrate them and have a common goal towards uh, the outcome, then I think that will be so powerful and in terms of driving you forward. You got me thinking now, Muhammad about the lifestyle and how many people say that it's vital to first focus on a lifestyle rather than focus on your work or on your business. Because as you say, you need to integrate them to find a balance and work and business are only a small part of your life. You know, many people, and I know you have heard this, are, fallen in, are falling in this trap of burning out because they work so much 
we are all overachievers in today's society. We want to do so much more than it's spiritually and physically possible. What would you say that your ideal lifestyle would need to focus on more than anything else just to keep this balance? Because I can feel and see that you are very relaxed and calm in terms of your entire outcome of how you want your life to look like. What is that success uh, concept looking to you? So for me, you know, I have this one thing that, you know, uh, th there's a saying that goes, we prepare so much for uh, tomorrow when tomorrow is not guaranteed, but we never prepare for our demise, whereas our demise is guaranteed. You know, death is something that people don't like to talk about it, but it's a reality that people cannot deny, right? And for me, the thing is, how much time do I, do I have left? Uh, it could be tomorrow, it could be 10 years later, it could be 30 years later, because we never know, you know, there's no timing for when a person might leave this life. For me, the most important thing in life is what legacy can I leave behind? And what I can, what have I achieved today that I could, let's say, once I pass on to the next life, I could look back and say that I'm, I'm actually satisfied that I did this. And it doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. It doesn't have to be that, you know, you have to be known by the whole, whole world. It could be a very small thing that you do. And I think that is what really matters at the end of at, at the end of the day, and if your focus in is in that value of what legacy you can leave behind, even if you don't reach it hundred percent, I'm sure that you, you we could leave something behind that people would take and move on and you know be part of who they are. This is where we look back at history and we always keep going back at history because that's our identity. And, you know, uh, those people who left us those things that they explored, you know, uh, and, and they did not finish it, but they really gave us something that we can pick up and move on. And that's what I want. I, I really look at life as that, you know, sometimes we may not be able to achieve it in our lifetime. But we can pass on that, bat that baton to somebody else. And, you know, if, if I hope that answers your question in terms of the lifestyle and, you know, what really success looks like to me in life. Thank you for mentioning this. Indeed, legacy and leaving something that's tangible, something that people can build on further. This is a healthy perspective. And thank you for mentioning this. Muhammad, this was not planned, but I wanted to ask you if, do you think that creativity equals spirituality? Hmm. Okay, that's that's a very interesting thing because we we talk in our creative industry a lot that creative people are too emotional. You know, we we're very emotional about what we do and uh, what we create and what we put out there. And I think creativity is something that does not necessarily equal spirituality, but rather it's an entity by itself. You know, um, and 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 like spirituality is a state in, in, in ourselves as individuals, right? And there is that spiritual needs that we have on a day-to-day -day basis uh, that we need to fulfill. And then there is the need state for our body 
that you know you need to go exercise you need to have enough food and you know drink water and whatnot and that's where you're quenching the thirst of the of our bodily needs and i would say that you know and again i haven't thought of this before that well but since you asked it actually tapped into that interest in me is where i think creativity is something that stands alone by itself and we as human beings we have creative needs we want to fulfill and we get satisfied when we fulfill those needs right we get creative from time to time i think that that's where maybe it does not really equal but it, it is an entity by itself that needs attention more than ever wow this is this is great i have not thought of it like this and just to ask you another short question on this topic because you are seeing some very great interesting things here that i'm sure that our audience is already loving so much what would be the best first step for someone to tap even more into their creativity this is where we go back to lifestyle i think uh, uh, it 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 sums up to lifestyle right of how we live our life and what we give ourselves uh in terms of what we want to do and people often equate creativity to something tangible like you know graphic design or artwork but that's not necessarily creativity you know uh an engineer is creative you know uh in in his own way uh, uh let's say a politician is also creative in his own way you know he's looking at creative ways to solving problems of the people but that's where you know those people who don't look creatively are often analytical in how they approach things and what happens is that you know if there is no balance between creativity and being analytical is where we tend to go towards two different directions so you know uh, if people want to be more creative I read this book recently and one 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 of the biggest advice that I stuck to my mind is get as bored as you can you know being bored is good people think that being bored and sitting idle is a, is problematic but sometimes the most creative we are is where we when we are in the shower or you know uh when we are walking or we are at the gym where we're not doing active work with our mind and my our minds can relax and when our minds relax those are the times that are, that we are most creative and that the book uh, if people want to read it it's called sleep see like an artist and the author has put in so many interesting thoughts into how you can be more creative and you know you can trigger your creative uh, uh tingles in your in your life whenever you want to be and that that that's i think that's where i would say you know these would be some things obviously there are a lot more things that people could tap into become more creative uh one thing that i would say helps me be creative often is talking to other creative people cuz i don't see creativity as in where people say you just have to imagine and come up with something really nice but rather you collect more experiences by talking to people by walking around by going to the museum uh browsing magazines and what not and that's where your ideas come together and you come up with something new something that was never explored something that is out of the box right and that's where creativity sparks you are so right because we need to take a break 
take a step back and see what we've done so far. Think of what do we want to achieve. And definitely when I'm not using my mind to work, to think and overthink things, then I get more creative indeed. Thank you for mentioning this. And yes, indeed, it all goes back to the lifestyle. Decide on having a life before having that ideal of success. You need to be happy now. I enjoyed you saying that there's literally no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. There's no real tomorrow. <laughs> We're preparing for what at the end of the day? Muhammad, you are young and you had such an early start, which is very admirable. Can you please share with us what is one advice that you would give to young people, to a young person that is at the beginning of their journey, where to start in finding their identity? Okay, so this is a huge problem in our world today, which needs a, you know, immediate attention and solution for. And I mean, I, I, I kind of felt like I was a victim of it where I didn't know what I wanted to pursue in terms of my career. Um, I discovered it over time, although I was being discouraged a lot of times, right? And, and, and that's because my resolve was strong there, but not everyone is like that. And we need help from others for that, right? And I think if people want to be uh, want to get into uh, creativity and creative entrepreneurship uh, as a young person, first thing I would say is go look for a mentor. And if I could go back in time, the first thing I would look for is a mentor that I could stick to and learn from as a, uh, being his disciple. And having somebody who is well-established, who is in the industry doing their stuff can accelerate your establishment of your own business and your creativity and you know in a pace that you couldn't you could not imagine a lot of times people just try to do it the hard way and that takes a lot of time and we live in times where knowledge is at the at our fingertips even mentors are at our fingertips you don't have to travel now to a different country you know we, we could just talk like how i and roxana are talking here and learn so many things from each other and that's how I met my mentor, Christo, and I met my mentor, uh, Martin Mumeyer and Annelie Hansen from Sweden, an amazing lady who is in the branding field, and she's also revolutionizing the industry in, in its own way. And the more people that you can learn from, the better. And I think that's, that's what we should do as young individuals. And, and never think that you have learned everything because I don't think there is any time in our life that we have learned everything. And the moment we think we, learn, we have learned everything is where we have lost everything, because that's, that's, that's a sign of ignorance that I know everything. And a, a sign of knowledge is that I don't know enough. That's a policy that I have in my life. Very inspiring, Muhammad. Thank you for saying this. And this has been more than inspirational for me. This has been amazing. I have some great insights here that <laughs> wait our audience and everyone to have a closer look at. Can you please tell us before we go, how can our audience get in touch with you? Because 
you are such a complex person, Muhammad, so young, so full of ambition. You are inspiring me so much. I'm sure that everyone will want to get in touch with you and collaborate with you on branding their identities and building their brands through their businesses and as an employee as well. Why not? How can people get in touch with you? So I'm, I'm most active on uh, IG, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So these are two platforms that people can easily get in touch with me. Uh, both of them are ifatch underscore design. On LinkedIn, it's ifatch dot, uh, uh, dot design. And you can just search me as Muhammad Faraz, uh, um, you know, Muhammad with M-U, M-U-H-A-N-M-E-D. But ipatch.design is like the easiest way to find me anywhere on, on social media. Wonderful. And I'll make sure to have all your links, all the descriptions put in the lower part of our live YouTube session and on Spotify as well. Muhammad, this has been revolutionary. Thank you for sharing your vision with us. I have enjoyed our talk so much. It was kind of different than what I expected, so much better and so much more inspiring. Thank you for the privilege of being with us today. Thank you so, thank you so much. Thank you for the privilege for having me here. So it's an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you.